If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. I am delighted you've chosen to join me today. Thank you. And today's topic is a difficult one. It's a very current one, and it's really important. So I hope you stay with me right to the end and make notes because maybe there's going to be some new things for you today. It's all about navigating stressful times. I am highly qualified for this as I have had a very stressful year in a number of ways, including personal loss. And we are currently facing a great deal of stress in the world. And it's unavoidable. Everybody is affected in some way. So if you're looking for help in navigating the stressful times that we live in, and you know, if you're overwhelmed by the the daily trauma that we we call news. Going to have to find a new word for that. Um, that you know, there's there's so much trouble abroad and the stuff at home. There's just so much going on that doesn't seem to be any respite in sight. So if that's you, then you're in the right place right now. These days, nothing is left untold or unshown. We see everything. Now, it's bad enough as an adult. God knows, it really is. But can you imagine what this is doing to your child or any child that you have contact with? You know, if you know that they're getting the news thrown at them because the parents are glued to the TV set or something, then we have work to do today. There's some stuff to discuss because that is not OK. That is going to traumatize the child. You know, it's so how can we shield those kids from the worst of the awful things that are happening. Some will inevitably get through, yes, and they'll have questions. And they might be showing stress and anxiety already in their behaviors. So, you know, this is the episode for you. If you're trying to juggle life, work, kids, not having kids, school, you know, all the global trauma that we have right now flooding our consciousness every freaking day, then this is for you. We're looking for some tools. We're looking for some, what does it look like? How to recognize it in your friends, you know, and what to do, what to say, what not to say. There's so much going on. The, you know, we can have overwhelm and even emotional paralysis from the current situations. And this is just, you know, we need to avoid going there. If you're already on the way, I have something for you too, for the overwhelm. So let's get into it. Once again, I'm Michaela Gaffin-Stone. I'm a board-certified behavior analyst. I'm also a person who's really up to here in the thick of life right now, and I have a lot going on. I bet you do too. So let's look at mental health right from the get-go. You know, if you're suffering, if you're feeling the stress and the strain of the news that's going on, of people giving you their negative opinions, and my goodness, there are a lot of people willing to contribute that at the moment, then, you know, you could be facing mental exhaustion. 
you could be in mental exhaustion. Now, what does that look like? Let's let's have a few sort of signs and symptoms of that so that you can tell where you are on the scale or where your friend is, your colleague. So mental exhaustion shows up with a lack of interest in normal activities. You know, do you know someone who's saying, yeah, no, I don't think I'll do that after all. Yeah. And normally they would be on the go for, for whatever the activity is, or, you know, they would be showing up after work or, you know, during school hours, whatever it is. Are they doing something different? That's the key. Are they no longer interested in something that would normally be really cool for them? Think about that. Make, make yourself some notes because this is for you, this is for your friends, your colleagues, your parents, your kids, everybody that you know, is any bell ringing at any point during today's conversation, because it's important, okay? Another thing is lack of motivation at home or at work. So if you're just, yeah, I'll get the project done later, and normally you would be on it. If procrastination is not your thing, usually, and now it is, and, and the procrastination is not a sort of, oh, I'll get busy over here doing something completely different. It's a procrastination of, yeah, no. And there's nothing to replace it. You know, can you can you hear what's going on there? The lack of interest in normal activities is a sign of building depression. It's a sign of mental exhaustion. Pay attention to it. Do you suddenly feel like you don't have a purpose in life or or you're just stuck, you know? It's like, well, I thought I knew and now I don't. Is that something that's coming up for you or something, you you feel like you're just languishing, stuck in a corner somewhere. Um, If that's coming up for you, then that too is a sign of mental exhaustion, which leads to depression and anxiety. So pay attention, make your notes on this. Moodiness and irritability. How short is your fuse? How quick are you to blow up at things? Now, an example for this was yesterday. um, Somebody got into an argument with me over something that I'm feeling and I expressed and they're telling me that I'm wrong. And I went for it. I went for the argument. I was I was in it. Now, normally I wouldn't do that. I would just you know, shake my head and, and mute them or something and go away because they clearly don't understand what I'm feeling. But this one really got to me and I went there. Now that to me is a sign that all is not well because normally I I would not. So if something like that is happening for you, if you're finding that you're easily triggered or that you're oversensitive to something that usually wouldn't bother you that much, then these are signs that the stress is creeping up on you and giving you some trouble. You know, it's it's building toward a depression. Um, cynicism, doubt, pessimism. Are these things coming up? Are you expressing that more often than you normally would? Now, if you're normally kind of cynical anyway, then okay, that's not a sign for you necessarily, unless you've deepened it in some way. But these are all symptoms that the current state of affairs on this planet is getting to you. Globally, we are a hot mess and there's just no way around it. So whichever country you have people in, you're connected to that. Whatever your financial situation, that too is a source of deep stress 
and can lead to depression and anxiety. We have so many things happening. If you're a political-minded person and you get into political debates, wow, (laughs) you are really cruising for all kinds of mental issues, mental health problems, because you only have so much capacity. And if you're going to keep going there and keep going there, you're going to wear yourself out. So let me just go to the political thing for a moment. I'm really going to bring it all out today. Why not? So the political thing, you have people on the left yelling at people on the right that they're doing it wrong, that, you know, I'm not even going to go into all the things that's wrong with people on the right, but they're yelling and, you know, telling them all the things. You have the same thing, possibly louder, from the right to the left. Is anybody actually convincing anyone? No. (laughs) No. Nobody ever was convinced that, oh, hey, maybe I should think differently. That person just said I was a blithering idiot. You know, like, does that happen? No. So what's the point? Why would you get into the fight with someone else who clearly has their perception, their reality, all the things defined, and they're holding on to it? You have nothing to do except, okay, that's yours. I'm here. And you each do your thing. So politically, you know, try try not to go there. You can have your opinions, of course, always people have their opinions, but, you know, if you let them get the better of you and you get into fights over it, arguments over it, you get stressed over it and like, all those kind of things, you are wasting some precious mental energy. So what happens when you do go there? What happens when you get all that stress and that cortisol going and you're just like, your brain is flooded? Well, I can tell you first off that you can't think straight and you can't make good decisions from that place because your brain, when you've got that much cortisol, is ready to run from the saber-toothed tiger. It's a fight or flight thing. It's like, and, and you know, a lot of people are getting ready to fight, right? And that's a big part of what's going on right now. All that cortisol going around interferes with your normal body processes. It messes with your sleep. You know, who's sleeping well here right now? I know I'm not one of those people, but are you? Are you sleeping okay? Are you waking up worried? Are you waking up having nightmares and things? Um, If you are, then clearly there's something that you need to do there. You may want to talk to your doctor if you actually have one near you. Also talk to your community, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Another thing that uh, high cortisol messes with is your digestion. So if you're starting to find that you get indigestion or suddenly foods that you liked before and could tolerate quite happily, now you can't. If, If stuff's happening with your digestion or you even notice that you're putting on weight, seriously, stress does that. The cortisol says, oh, yeah, let's hang on to some stores. We might need those. So it messes with your digestion. And crucially, particularly at this time of year, it messes with your immune system. So we already have COVID going on all over the place. We have flu season coming. There's whatever else, you know, all the respiratory viruses. And if you have a child in school or if you're a teacher, then come on, you know, there's like a dozen different things going around in school and you'll get all of them because your little darling will bring them home. That's how schools work. So if your immune system is compromised by all the cholesterol you've got, then you're in for a rough winter. 
right? So it's really important to learn. I'm going to say a thing I've said many times before, boundaries. This is a different set of boundaries, but you need to set boundaries around your space and what you can, cannot, will, will not tolerate. What are you here for? How much can you handle? And the key to these boundaries is you need to set them without feeling guilty. We all need to protect our mental health right now. We need to, it's fragile. There's so much of an assault going on globally, nationally, locally, like wherever you are, there is stuff happening, right? Financially, jobs, not jobs. Um, And if you're a coach, (laughs) okay, if you're a coach, you already know all of these things because you're already in there, right? This is not an easy time to be a coach. We all sort of smile and, and, you know, do the smile and wave on the TV and the computer and so on. But is it really that cool and easy? You, you know it isn't. So boundaries are there to keep the gatekeepers out, the people who tell you that what you're feeling is wrong or what about these other people or this other situation. The thing is there are a lot of false equivalencies out there and other people having issues does not negate or lessen or in any way mitigate your issues, your problems, and the stuff that you're dealing with. And when somebody says that to you, it feels like you're not being seen, you're not being heard, and you might feel targeted, and you might be right. So all of these things are really important. We need to talk about boundaries, how to set them so that you don't let people into your space, people that are not able to hold space for you. They're not willing to just let you have your experience and be there as a support. That's basically what we need at the moment. So I hope you've been making some notes. I'm going to give you lots more information after a break that's coming up. We're going to look at some strategies to minimize the input of the stress that's around us on us as adults and crucially on our children. It is absolutely crucial that we don't flatten them with all the stuff that's going on right now. So come back to navigating complicated relationships in just a minute. In fact, don't go anywhere. Just, you know, grab your coffee, make some notes, hang in there. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, 
you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency eager to hear your message the world awaits contact us today to become an inspired choices network radio host email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com this is navigating complicated relationships with Michaela Gaffin Stone to participate in the program join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com you can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com now back to the program Welcome back, everyone. Here I am, Michaela Gaffinstone, and, and the person with the voice does a beautiful job of saying my name. That's so cute. Um, we are back with Navigating Complicated Relationships, and today we're dealing with the stressful events of the world and how to handle those. So I am, as I mentioned in the first section of this podcast, I am up to my neck in all kinds of stresses and strains of life today. And I'm sure many of you listening are as well. So, you know, I'm here with you in this. I understand and I'm I'm feeling it with you. So let's have a look at the different ways to deal with the global trauma that's going on that can bring overwhelm, emotional paralysis, and lead to signs of impending depression if if or you know emotional stress and those can be finding yourself easily triggered finding yourself bothered by things that wouldn't normally bother you or you know something that uh you're not sleeping well you're not eating well or you're eating but you're gaining weight with food that you wouldn't normally gain weight with all of these are signs that your cortisol is up your stress levels are up and that will take a toll if we leave it that way. So let's have a look at the boundary setting that you can keep and how to best navigate the times that we're in right now. So first of all, given the recent events, many people are really doom scrolling. You know, you're, you're on Facebook or not really LinkedIn, but Facebook, other social media, scrolling away, looking at all the images and people's opinions and true stories. And you see all of these and constantly updating. And the reason we do that is in many cases, it's to feel a sense of control. Like I, I'm on top of this. I can handle this. I, I know what's happening. But what happens when you constantly update like that is your brain is just getting all of this trauma all of the time and you're taking it in. Your brain does not understand the difference between trauma over there and trauma right here. You, you are in it. Your brain is in it. Your brain is experiencing it. And there is stuff out there that the human mind cannot deal with. Certainly not on any type of continuous basis. And by continuous, honestly, I'm, I mean more than a couple of things to see and, and you're already saturated. So constantly scrolling is unhelpful. You weaken yourself, you get tired, you don't have strength for the people who need you. You don't have the strength to do your daily routines. And if you have kids particularly, that's going to cause a lot of knock-on effect because kids 
they, they might not be, you know, like staring at you all the time, but they are constantly watching and they're constantly learning from you. They are getting the feedback of, is my environment safe? Am I safe? What's happening? How does my parent cope with this? I'll cope with it the same way. So when you are having these huge reactions to a massive global reality, then, you know, sure, it's understandable, but for your child, it's it's traumatizing plus plus. It's extra trouble for them because they really, you know, we can't comprehend as adults what's going on right now. Imagine what that does to your child. And they are stressed to a point that you're probably starting to see behavior problems. And if you're not, the school will be. Why? Because they have to do something with the information. It has to go somewhere. So if you can check the news maybe two times a day, three times a day, something like that, particularly if you happen to have people who are in harm's way, potentially, then yes, you need to check. Of course, you need to keep up with what's going on to some degree, but maximum three times a day and very briefly. Other than that, put the materials away, whether it's your phone or on the computer. And if you're watching it on television, actually any of these formats that you're looking at it on, please make sure your child isn't there. Don't have your child watching the news or hearing it. If they're hearing it from another room, it's it's just as traumatizing. So please be very mindful of this. It's not okay to let your kids see this. This is not the world they need to know about. How safe do you think they feel? How confident are they to go about their day? And what are they making it mean? You know, for young children, it's about them and how they are safe in the world or not. So if you're letting them witness some of the stuff that's going on or or a lot of it, you know, I have actually heard of someone who allows their five-year-old to watch the news with them. I cannot stress enough how damaging that is. It's That's not uh, an opinion, that is a fact that's been borne out by scientific investigation. So, you know, kids cannot watch the news. Please don't do that to them. Don't let them hear it. Now, another thing that happens is, particularly for people who have those in harm's way, as I mentioned earlier, you may feel that if you're not watching the news 24-7, that you start to feel guilty because you're not there and there's nothing else you can do. So you should at least be feeling it with them, right? That is something that that we can do, you know, that we feel we can do. You feel like you're privileged because you're not there in the face of all the, the stuff that's going on. But again, if you're doing this 24-7 thing, you are weakening yourself And yes, you're experiencing it with them, but is that really helpful? It surely isn't. It's not going to benefit them or you. Nobody is going to be moved forward in any way with this. And again, if you have kids, they're picking up on this and they're feeling your guilt and they don't know why. So again, you'll be weakening yourself if you do that. Now, Some of the videos and the testimonies that are being spread around right now are propaganda and they are there to weaken people's resolve, to weaken people's sense of identity, a sense of safety. It's a propaganda war. Now, this is not new. 
This has always been the way people wage war. Even in the Second World War, we had lots of propaganda. There was, you know, this side's winning over here and this side's doing that. This is how governments and terrorists operate, is let's use the propaganda as part of our war strategy. So, again, this is something, don't expose your mind to all of this. It's too much. Don't expose your kids to this. It's like a junk food diet for your brain. It's not going to do anything healthy for you at all. It's just going to fill you up with cortisol. And you you cannot do anything with that information other than stress over it. So I recommend that you really pay attention to what kind of dosage of this news you're having and in what circumstances. Who's around you? Who's listening? Be very careful that it's not your kids. Now, at times like this, it's also, it can be easy to step out of your regular routine. Again, particularly if you have family or friends involved, because you're so focused on what's happening there for them that it it becomes so difficult to just do the mundane. Like, why would I do my normal routine? There's all this stuff happening. But it's actually helpful for you to have a regular daily routine. It's something that the brain can latch onto as being normal, right? Okay, we're good, we're still on the planet, my feet are still here, I can still do these daily activities. I need to do these things. Now, a key thing to remember with this is that it's difficult to function fully when you're so stressed. So give yourself some grace. Don't get angry with yourself. Don't be frustrated with yourself if you can help it, because it's just part of the deal right now. But going into that daily routine will help your body to work through some of that cortisol, and it'll give your brain a bit of a break from all the stuff that it's receiving from the world right now. Um, Taking breaks to do distracting things like play with your kids, listen to music. Do some physical activity. If you can manage to put music on and dance, that would be just great. Your brain and your body would love it. And while we're at it, it's good for your digestive system. So this is something that you can do to keep yourself healthy and functional. And here's a thought. If you're in a place where you have a community that you're involved with or a community that you can be involved with, Focusing on helping other people is a great way of getting out of your own head and your own stress and doing something useful for somebody else, which in turn gives you some feel good hormones. So it's kind of it's kind of selfish in a way to do something to help other people, but it's selfish in a good way. Right. Nobody is harmed by this. Everybody is helped by this. So whatever narrative you have around that, I invite you to look at it again and see how you can meet with your community. What can you do? What do they need? There will be older people who are currently desperate for someone to talk to, someone to listen to. They're afraid. Maybe they've been through this before. Maybe they're Holocaust survivors and they have a lot to say. They've experienced a lot and now it's here again. So this is something that if you can give them your time, maybe do some cooking with them. That's a great activity to do. You know, what does your community need? 
and what can you give them? If time is what you can give them, that is a precious commodity. And it's far better to give it to your community than to give it to the news, is it not? And it's far more positive. So do that if if that's available to you. And if it isn't, maybe there's an online community that you can do. Now, another thing is creating post-trauma. Now, that can be a video or a photo that lasts. It stays with you. You can't get the image out of your head. If this is going on for you, it's something that you need to talk about. Get that experience out there. Say it again and again. Share it as much as you can, what you've seen, what you've experienced. Even the repetition of this can help you to pass it out, put it somewhere, deal with it, separate it, do something with it. So there's if you're having this kind of post-trauma where something you've seen is continuing, then talk it out with people who, even if they can't understand the exact experience, are at least sympathetic to the fact that you are. Be very careful with your boundaries and not to let people in who are going to criticize you because that's not what you need right now. And yet people will do it. It's remarkable. So we'll look at some more strategies after this next break. I can't believe we're here already. My name is Michaela Gaffin-Stone, and we are talking about navigating stressful times. It's crucial for you, for your friends, your colleagues, your kids, everybody around you to navigate what's going on right now as healthily as possible. So don't go away. I will see you in just a minute. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Navigating Complicated Relationships. Right now we are busy navigating the stressful times that we're living in. And this is such an important episode. I'm very glad you're still here. I am going to go into the workings of the stress in the body, the vasovagal nerve and what that does with it. So the thing is, you get flooded with cortisol when you're stressed. I've explained that just before the break. 
And the vagus nerve is the longest bundle of nerves in the body. It goes from the base of your skull to your digestive system. And polyvagal theory, which you've heard me mention before, says that there are three states activated by the vagus nerve. So one is a state of calm and connectivity. Another is a state of flight, fight, anger, anxiety. And the third one is shutting down depression, collapse, and immobilization. So the first thing is to identify which of these states you're in. And you can find coping mechanisms to help you return to the first state I mentioned, which is calm and connected. So there's so much going on right now. The autonomic nervous system is triggered to protect you from a real threat. So the real threat being the saber-toothed tiger that's going to come and eat you. So this whole system can be triggered by what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and what you perceive from the world. All of these things will affect you. It can also be something closer to home, like your relationships with your partner and so on. But spending time looking at what, what is the biggest thing that's on your scope right now? What's, what's in front of you? What's really bothering you? I'm going to take a guess and say it's the news and it's social media. That's because this has been issues for me. Um, I'm dramatically reducing my time on social media because it can be so toxic. Um, but what what is up for you? What, what are the biggest triggers that you're finding? And you can write down what you're experiencing. This is key to sort of getting an awareness of where you are and how deeply you are in these states. And if you notice, if you can remember what it's like to be calm and connected, for example, and write that down, you'll know what you're aiming to get back to, right? You have a, an end point in mind. So each of those states that I mentioned, and I, I can just go through them again in case you didn't get a chance to write them down. I did say them kind of quickly. The first state is where you're calm and feeling connected. So hope you're writing that down. The second state is fight, flight, anger, or anxiety. Can be all of those things. And then the third state is a state of shutting down, depression, collapse, and immobilization. These are all states that we can get to. So if you haven't got those, I will give them to you after the show. So some of the things that you can ask yourself to sort of figure out where you are in those states are, what are your thoughts right now, typically? Where are you going? Are you stuck in a loop somewhere? Write that down. What kind of sensations do you have? Are you feeling hot and flushed? Are you feeling jittery? Are you feeling the stress? Like, does your body get tight inside? Are you uh, sleeping well? You know, what kind of things are coming up? And then this is an interesting question for you, but it, it does kind of work. What color do you give this state? Where are you in this state? Now, you can't resolve any issues from a dysregulated state. So if you're upset, if you're in the space of freak out, either of the second or third states, really, then it's very difficult for you to do anything um, 
positive, comprehensive from there. So you need to get some regulation going. And one of the things that you can do for that, funnily enough, just just to start, is dance. Like put some music on and just move your body. It helps to move the cortisol around in your body. And you're not having to believe anything at this point. You don't have to change your mind. You don't have to think differently. Just move your body. Dance like nobody's looking. They probably aren't. And it doesn't matter if they are, get them to dance too. It's really moving your body will be very helpful. Going for a walk is also good, but maybe dance first and then go for a walk because you really need to get that cortisol shifting so that it's not flooding your brain all of the time. So the walk, jumping jacks, jumping jacks can be good if you can handle those, run in place, um, if you can do weights, like what, what is your go-to exercise? And if you don't have a go-to exercise and you just shuddered, then I'm going to say, go straight back to the dancing, right? Everybody likes to dance somehow. So just do that it really doesn't matter. And if you can get lost in the music, even better, put your favorite song on. And if you want to sing to it, cool, do that, sing, um, if you're feeling flushed, like I'm looking a little red right now, because as I've already mentioned, I'm working through this myself, then you might want to have a, a cold washcloth just under your chin or wrap something cooling around your neck just to sort of bring everything down a little bit. And if you have blood pressure problems, your blood pressure is going up with all the stress, that can help with this as well. Then there's, are you writing all this down? Tell me you are. So the next thing I'm going to offer you is progressive muscle relaxation. This is where you're going to tense and release different parts of your body. You can start with your toes, scrunch them up really, really tightly, hold for five seconds, and then very consciously, very intentionally release. And then you can move up, tense the muscles when your calves, on your butt, on your shoulders, biceps, fist, face, like just work through it and keep tensing, holding for five seconds and releasing. Again, it's a way to signal to the body, okay, I got you, we're all right. You might want to do some co-regulation with your partner. If you're able to do this, I really recommend it. And that is hug each other nice and close until you both feel relaxed until you're both breathing in a better way and you're calm, you're ready to face the next hour or whatever you're going to do. After you've been hugging or even while you're hugging, depends on you, place your foreheads together and focus on each other's eyes. Now, if you're not going cross-eyed, this works. Otherwise, maybe, you know, close your eyes, but forehead together so that you have that contact. And you can just rest with your head in your partner's lap. Like it's the contact, it's the calming, it's the co-regulation that we're looking for. So all of these things that I'm mentioning to you are ways to begin to manage the stress and the worries of the global hot mess that we're in with healthier ways. So another thing that I would say is talking it through with someone who will listen without judging, 
and without adding fuel to the fire. So it's a big ask of somebody, particularly these days. And I would say, check in with your own abilities to listen. Are you a good listener or do you listen to reply? There's a big difference, right? I find that very often we can be talking to someone and and they're a little bit antsy and you can see from their behavior, from the look on their face, there's sort of, sometimes it's a small telltale sign. Sometimes it's really obvious, but you can see that they're just itching for you to shut up so that they can reply, right? They have something to say. And when you're in that state, and we all do it from time to time, because it's like, I've got to remember this thing. I have to tell you this thing. And you're not hearing the other person. You cannot hear the other person while you're holding on to your reply. You're not digesting what they're telling you, because maybe they're telling you something you haven't heard before. Maybe they're telling you something that's deep and that's important to them. And you can't know it because they haven't said it. So listening to that person, really putting your reply aside and just paying attention to what they're bringing to you is a huge thing that you can do. And if it's not something you're in the habit of doing, now is a great time to start practicing. Now is a really good time to hone that skill because it's a life skill. It's good all the time, not just when somebody is struggling. But these days, somebody's always struggling. There are so many things going on since the pandemic hit, maybe even before that, but it's just, it seems to be building all the time. And when you look at social media, everybody's just yelling. There's there's lots of noise and fuss and kerfuffle. And it's like empty vessels being banged with a stick. It's a lot of noise and not a lot of helpful content. And the end result of that is it's stressful. If you're a coach, for example, I don't usually talk to other coaches on this podcast, but I'm going to do it right now. If you're a coach, how many people are telling you, you have to do it this way, you should be doing that, you've got to do this every day, and they're they're instructing you, ordering you to do things differently to the way you do them. It's, It's incredible. And it's an awful lot of pressure. If you add that noise onto the top of the global violence noise, onto the top of the stresses and strains of daily life, my goodness, it's a wonder any of us still have our heads on our shoulders. It's crazy. And it's something that we have to talk through. So are you a safe person to talk to? Can you hold space for them? Do you know someone that you can ask to hold space for you? And if you do, will you ask them? Can you choose a time where you can actually sit and talk through things? You know, when somebody is recently bereaved, I have found by experience that one of the things that's helpful is to be able to talk about the person they've lost. When you're in this kind of situation, it's helpful to talk through the reality that you've lost, the expectations that you've lost, maybe the people that you've lost, but there's the innocence that people have lost. These are all things that we need to talk through. Are you a safe person to talk to? Do you have a safe place to go to? Let's think about those things. And if you can head up a community for somebody else, if you're in a place where there isn't a community, can you start one? 
that would be a fabulous way to be helpful for other people and to get out of your stress and doom scrolling and into doing something for others. If you, even if you want to go to a food bank, okay, go to a food bank and help them. But something helpful to do will help you. And listening is a skill that really needs practice. So if you're not a good listener, I urge you to try. And if you think you're a good listener, I urge you to test that. See if you really can listen without forming a reply. And here's a key. Can you listen without saying, no, no, it's not that bad? Or, well, what about these other people? Because those things are toxic. Please don't do it. We have a break coming up. I've given you a lot of things to write about today. So I hope you're keeping up and not getting writer's cramp or sore fingers. And please don't go anywhere. Come back. I am Michaela Gaffin-Stone, and I am here to help you navigate stressful times. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Shake out your hands. Get ready to do some more writing. The information I have coming up for you is for parents and for adults who are already feeling the overwhelm quite significantly. So I'll get into that in a moment. If you do want to find me to have a conversation with me or to come do some coaching with me, then you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram under the name of Michaela Gaffin Stone, and I will respond. Uh, I suggest you send me messages. That's the best way to get to me at the moment. And also you can find my website, www.gaffinstone.com. Have a look around there. There's ways to book calls with me and to have human design readings. There is a special deal on right now. It's coming to a close soon, but right now you can get two readings for the price of one. I'm only doing it for a short space of time. So if you want that, go to my website. Now, as I mentioned before the break, if you are dysregulated, you can't make good decisions from there. You can't help other people as well as you can when you're okay. Your foundation has to be okay. So I have some ideas for you to work with in addition to the ones I've already given you. Visualization exercises, for example, can be helpful if you're into trying it. And for this one, we're going to visualize the worries and then visualize compartmentalizing them, putting them somewhere else, putting them down for a while so that you can pick them up again when you're able to deal with them. Okay. So if you can find yourself a quiet, comfortable place to sit where you're not going to be disturbed or distracted and set yourself a timer for five minutes, 
as you become more comfortable sitting there and just notice all the things that are going on. Just breathe and take some deep breaths. Feel that in your body. Feel the sensations that are coming in. Do the relaxation, the tension and relaxation that I mentioned earlier of scrunching up tight for five seconds and then releasing. And all of this as you're breathing deeply. And then describe the feeling to yourself as if it's something that you're picturing and you're describing. So how it feels, how it sounds, what you picture, uh, the intensity, and keep doing the deep breathing. Observe for any new things that come in and just observe that, see it and put it to one side. You don't need to do anything with that right now. It can come and go. You don't need to act on it. It's important to just not fight anything, not resistance. It's just going to come and go like waves. The wave ebbs, the wave flows. So notice any judgments that you're having about you and about other people or the worry itself, and then let them go. Keep watching your worry until it changes, until it decreases. And then when you're coming to the end of the five minutes, have some more deep breaths. I went through that very quickly, but this is because I want to make sure I fit it all in and don't leave you hanging there. Okay, so the steps again are describe any physical sensations that you noticed. Describe any urges or impulses that came up without acting on them, right? Did the exercise that you were doing change the way you look at your worries at all? If it did, in what way? Why? If it didn't, then why not? And what what would you like to do differently? How would you like to view it differently? Did this exercise change the way you react to your worries? Did you notice something? For example, when I was talking about last yesterday's experience, someone had come very aggressively to me, telling me all kinds of things about what I could and couldn't think and feel. And I really went for that. I really reacted to it. Now I've noticed that and all the things that came up physically, it, it was a whole body experience. And I needed a different way to cope with that. So if you can find a way to send the cortisol moving by dancing, for example, and then give yourself five minutes to sit and just deep breathe, observe, notice, name it, describe it, let it go. And the key is to let it go. And if you're having judgments about where you are in all of this and and what you're doing with it, Observe that too, and then let it go, because this is not a time for judgment. Actually, I'm really not into judgment. It doesn't serve a purpose. What serves a purpose is noticing what you're doing, noticing where you are in that and what the effect of it is. Is it helpful for you? Are you in a space that's working? If it isn't, then I invite you to find a way out of it. I've given you a lot of tips today. I hope that some of them will land for you. Um, It'd be fantastic if all of them would land for you. And as a thought here, I am aware that there are some people who are going to have to be talking to children who have someone 
missing right now. I, I know someone who ha has this coming up on Sunday in Sunday school. She's going to have to talk about this to the kids. Um, what I would suggest for this, because boy, that's a tough one to do. What I would suggest is that you let them talk, ask them what their experience of that is or how they feel. Just encourage them to talk more in whatever words you want to use. Listen to them and reflect back what you're seeing from them, how, you know, how they're feeling. You cannot answer their questions, really. You cannot make it okay. It isn't. But you can have them feel heard and seen. And that is the number one thing that human beings need. Now, for everybody else who may not be affected by what's going on right now, which is incredible, but okay, if you're not affected by this, then before you talk to someone who is, I invite you to use think, which is, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring in some way? Is it necessary? And very crucially, is it kind? Now, if you're, what you're about to say can pass that test, then knock yourself out, go ahead on and say it. And I'll bet you're a good listener too. But if you fail any one of those things, please think again before you open your mouth and make somebody else's day harder, okay? People are suffering already and they don't need the extra stuff. So again, think, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it really necessary, really necessary to say this to this person right now? And above all, is it kind? Because if it's not kind, then even if it is true, now is not the time to say it. Wait until it's appropriate to say it, if it ever is. You know, sometimes, here's an astounding thing, but sometimes you can have a thought that you don't speak. Wouldn't that be amazing? If we all had thoughts that we could actually keep to ourselves, that would be really cool. Right now is a great time to do that if you don't have something useful, helpful, inspiring to contribute. So I'm going to leave you with that today and with a whole lot of information. So I invite you to listen to this podcast again and really make some notes. Let me know how this works for you. I really do care and I am interested to know. I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Choices Network, Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffinstone. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationships show. Michaela returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.